Hello, I'm Sheldon. Hello, I'm Greg. And this is 30 Minute Music Marketing. 30 Minute Music Marketing. For musicians who want to get better at marketing their music. This is the section of the show that we call Deep Dives, where we take a deep dive into an area or topic that is of concern to DIY musicians and artists. And we've got a question this week, Greg. Yes. Written down on a piece of paper. Uh, yeah, that's written on, down on a... Just so we don't forget. With low per stream revenues, should DIY musicians and independent artists be embracing streaming? So we've noticed a couple of people online of late who are musicians say, type something on the lines of on their social media channels, I'm sick of being paid uh, nothing by Spotify. Spotify don't give me any money for my music, so I'm taking all my uh, music off Spotify. And the only place that you'll be able to get it is by buying it from my website and um, you can only stream it or buy it from Bandcamp. So really what we're asking, is that actually a good idea in 2019 when we're recording this? Is that a sensible thing to do? Should we be embracing streaming or should we as independent musicians be uh, saying no to streaming? Deep dive. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna take dive. a deep, I'm gonna take a deep breath. Okay, yeah. deep breath. Right. Um, should you take away your music from streaming? Um, no, <laughs> it's not even with that. I don't even need to think about it. It's why would you create a massive barrier for me connecting with your music? Um, pre Spotify? Well, first of all, you have a free version of Spotify. You have a free tier. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually enrolled on the paying tier. I was enrolled on the paying tier for a very, very long time. He I likes was, his adverts. I do love my adverts. Um, but I was on Spotify. I, I was been such a long Spotify user that you initially had to be invited onto it. Where so that goes probably back. 2007. And is that uh, Spotify, is that where you get the majority, where you consume the majority of your music these days? If I don't have the luxury of sitting down and putting a CD on, which is most of the time, yeah. Uh, then yeah, I'm going to be listening to it on my phone, in the car, in the studio. It's that ease of use, the fact that I can literally have my entire favourite music collection in my pocket. I mean, I, I'm of the days that you'll remember that we used to have a, a Walkman and you'd have about six tapes that you'd spent six hours, maybe no, actually longer than that because you would have been using 90 minute tapes and to conserve batteries, you would have used a pen and wang the tape round to rewind it. So, you know, to, to and you thought six hours or nine hours worth of music was, was wonderful to carry around with you, but the ability to carry literally more music that you'll ever be able to listen to in your lifetime in your pocket. Why would you not want to embrace that world? It's how music is consumed in this day and age by people. To remove yourself from that market and that sphere of opportunity does seem incredibly short-sighted. And the thing is, streaming is working now for the music industry. It makes up about 75% of some record labels Earnings. That's, that's three. That's three quarters. They're making three quarters of their money from streaming. Streaming is is certainly working for them at the moment. And it's up from twenty one percent in twenty thirteen. So that's a big jump. That's a huge jump. Uh, a very short period of time. Who knows? Again, over the next six years, 
what that is in, in terms of revenues, in terms of subscribers, who knows at what position but we're going I to mean, be. So, so to remove yourself from the main way that people consume music does seem very short-sighted. I mean, are some people still using the, the uh, reasoning that Taylor Swift did this with Spotify? But nobody seems to mention when Taylor Swift made a big deal about removing all her music off Spotify. And I do, if I do remember correctly, you did possibly profiteer from this. Uh, so <laughs> the, um, nobody mentioned that she didn't remove her music from YouTube. That's another streaming service. And it seemed to suddenly she released her stuff with Apple. And you're kind of going, well, she obviously doesn't feel too deterred by the streaming medium. Maybe it was just a big marketing exercise to release her music on, on Apple's tier. And now if you go onto Spotify, you'll actually see her music's back there again. So she's obviously not a woman who maintains her principles. So really to, to remove your music from basically the biggest shop window there is and asking them to go to your website or, or go to Bandcamp. Who goes to Bandcamp? Well, what you're doing is you're adding an extra layer of complexity and an extra layer of, of friction. And adding another wall. So unless yes. you're a fan of Donald Trump and his idea of building walls... Don't get political. I'm not getting political. It's just he makes a big deal about building walls. I don't want a wall between your music and my ears. I want ease of use. And also, technology's changing. Who carries a Discman around with them? Who actually carries an iPod with them? On the whole, yes, there'll always be some people. And, you know, cars these days don't have CD players. I was saying this to Sheldon. I've got four computers in this premises um, and a, a notebook PC. None of them have a CD drive. So if I have a CD, how on earth am I going to listen to it? Um, okay, there I do have other devices, but that's because I'm an audio professional. But your average punter is going to be, they're not going to have the means to listen to it. So, again, the medium itself is a barrier for connecting with people and their ears. So I think it's a silly idea. So what if I um, was an independent musician and I basically said that, yeah, but the main problem is because I only get paid fractions of a, of a pence, I'm not actually seeing anything. My, you know, my music is streamed in a modest fashion on streaming services, but I don't see anything in terms of a, a significant reward or revenue from, from that. And obviously, the micro royalties that each stream generates are an issue. But what is really probably the, the biggest issue that is that most musicians don't necessarily have a marketing plan in place that whose job it is to increase their overall awareness amongst more people. Wait. So more people know about them. The more people know about you will then go to the streaming services which will generate more streams, which generates more sort of revenue. They don't have a plan put in place to to grow their overall fan base, which would grow their overall streaming royalties. Well, then that, that again, if you're creating barriers, then that's just going to get in the way of achieving that in the first place. Mm. Um, you know, in terms of... I was going to say something and my memory's gone. I have a cold today, so I'm going to use that as an excuse. I might have a cold in the next video too. Uh, so, um, what's I going to say? My mind's gone blank. Keep going, it'll come All back right. to me. Okay, so if you are a DIY artist and you're going to be embracing streaming, which I, I hope you are both feet first, how can you actually generate 
more money from it. That, that, that's what the point is. That there seems to be this immediate, um, the, the whole point of streaming for a lot of artists in their mindset seems to be, I put this out there, I'm immediately going to turn this into a cash cow. And I think that's the wrong idea. Okay, the cost of getting it out there, what is it, about 20 bucks? $20 with using something like, um, who's the company? Uh, well, DistroKids, Distro CD Kid. Baby, The Orchard, there are many. Disso Music and many others. Uh, we don't promote any of those unless they're going to pay us. Um, and then we'll promote them all you like. Um, the cost of doing that is very, very cheap, which I think is great. But it's that advert that now you have a, you have a twenty dollar advert that enables people to connect with your music, and and if you're looking at things like Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that, the idea is maybe not to be so much a recording artist, but to become an influencer, and entertainer, broadcast, personal broadcasting is what it's all about, and. Uh... Yeah, no, I, I like to think of music on streaming services almost as as a flyer. It, it's, basic, it's basically a, a freebie, a free handout to say, this is me, this is what I can do, this is an entry into my world, come into my world, you'll like this, and you'll like this hopefully so much that at some point in the future uh, you can come to a gig and see it live, where obviously I'll, I'll earn a bit of money, or you'll like this so much that at some point you'll buy a T-shirt or some other piece of branded merchandise. Mm. It's, it's a free entry level, a bit like when you go to the supermarket and you walk past the cheese counter and you go, oh, would, would you like a, a free bit of uh, Red Leicester? And you'll go, oh, free Red Leicester. I pretty much take the tray. That's the well, that 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 is your problem. Less said about that, the better. So it's a what was it? This Homer Simpson said about donuts in that famous Simpsons episode. First they get you hooked, then they jack up the price. But the thing is, I don't mind paying the price if what is being offered is interesting. I'm not going to spend six or ten pounds on a CD, but I'll quite happily spend. $40 or £40 on a box set of things, which includes all the bells and whistles. So, you know, I think Trent Reznor has already said this in the, in the past, is that price is not a barrier to your music um, because he's shown many times that he's been able to sell a product that was effectively available in the public domain for free. He was happy to actually put his stuff out on a Creative Commons license to actively promote people to share his records and you don't want to actually put your music out there in the digital domain, uh, other than on Bandcamp. I just find, how on earth is that going to help you? Mm. So if we're looking at increasing consumption, what you maybe necessarily need to do is recontextualise your music. So um, if you think about it, um, back in the old days, I used to sell a CD of my music and it would be a one-off purchase and I would see no further revenue from people listening to that. The more times people listen to my music online and the more ways I can get them, uh, get people to listen to it online, the more money I will make. But so also you can determine which tracks are relevant still. You can put an old record out and you'll have no idea, but at least with your music on Spotify, people could, you you can be pleasantly surprised that people are still listening to other songs, which I think you have used stuff like that to work out which songs were popular in the past and create 2019 versions of them. Yeah, very much so. But what I was thinking of is in terms of playlist, if you can categorise your music, say if you've got a 
several albums and you can recategorize your music so you might have a playlist with all your upbeat songs on yeah. or a playlist with all your slow songs on or your love songs or your songs that might cover an individual theme and the more times you can you can recontextualize uh, and, and put uh, your music into uh, into new forms new playlists do a you know do a monthly playlist featuring your music and other people's music so again find ways to increase consumption and then your streaming revenues will subsequently increase i mean we discussed this i mean recently kodak black an artist i'm not familiar with uh musically but the fact he got to the top of the billboard hot 100 and that was the majority down to streams he you know bruce springsteen who'd released an album in a club in correlation with uh the the broadway show that he did with netflix only made the top 10. Okay, yes, Bruce Springsteen sold 38,000 physical copies and Kodak Black had only sold 5,500 physical copies. But these streams that I think all of Bruce Springsteen's streams combined of the album were less than one track, the track with the least amount of streams on Kodak Black's album. So Kodak Black had got the equivalent, it got over a billion streams, which is equivalent to 89,000 physical sales. I don't know how Spotify work out their streams compared to physical. Maybe we could find that out at some point. Uh, but yeah, so he got to the top, the Billboard Top 100 on 94,000 sales, but that all majority of that came from streaming. And if he decided to kind of go, A for a start, who on earth is going to, you know, are you telling me that you're going to create 15,000, 30,000 physical sales? Well, I mean, as in, you're going to go get that amount of CDs made? The no. cost. Well, yeah, Which we cost. haven't even discussed at all. No. And $20 versus, you know, we do CD duplication at a pound each. So it's... You advertising though. I thought we weren't doing advertising. I don't want a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm actually saying don't do it, really. Well, yes. Okay. Um, again, if you want more streams, put more stuff uh, on there. So remixes of the stuff that you've already got, maybe stripped-down versions. Acoustic. Or, or, uh, acoustic versions, instrumental versions. The more stuff you've got on streaming services, the more streams you're going to get. Ergo, the more money. And I only found this out recently, that you get paid after 30 seconds. So all those songs that have nothing going on for like four minutes, that's going to deter the listener. If you want to get paid, you want to get your point across within the first 30 seconds. So we kind of discussed this and, you know, as in the past, there would be a radio edit of your record. Maybe now you need to consider a Spotify edit where you get to the chorus within 30 seconds or at least get to some vocals if it's a vocal led track. Uh, because that's your hook. Or just make a uh, an album's worth of songs that are 31 uh, seconds in length, uh, smash through uh, 99 of those, and uh, um, you're, you're going to get about eight times as much um, in the same amount of time, eight times as much royalties. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know how true this is, but people telling, basically leaving their playlist on play on the works computers over a weekend... Does, is that true? Well, I don't know. It's, it, it, is, it is possible, but you're, yeah. o you're only really cheating yourself. That's you? a fair point. Uh, so... so streaming is here to stay. It's what people want to do. Um, I think all DIY artists need to embrace it, but what they need to do is they need to look at the, um, look at the 
the way people use streaming, how to encourage them to listen to more of their music mm. online mm. and, uh, like Not I say, release, release more music around it and just pay close attention to your marketing so that you're generating new listeners all the time and those listeners can be funneled into those streaming services and you can uh, hopefully make a bit more till. And not think of it immediately as a cash cow exercise. I think the idea of just being able to connect with people in a cheap and easy way, it can't do you any wrong. It's something that's only going to build over time as well. Because the alternatives was piracy, and then you never got anything for that. Yeah. Right, that, that's our... Uh, we're coming up to the surface of our deep dive now. Yep. That was all right for a first one, wasn't it? Wasn't too bad. Great. Thanks very much for watching. Do, well, first off, do you agree with us? The, the, right in the comments below. Comments below. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye-bye.